We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 326. Well, it's 11 out of 13, 7-1 since Judge went down. No one expected this. The uh, beaten and bruised Yankees go out to the West Coast, a place they've struggled, and uh, they get the job done, Scott. They do. They get the job done, and I mean, who would have thought that Judge going down would have given them a, uh, a positive record. There's no possible way anybody's thinking that. I'm wearing my shirt that we had last year. Uh, it says the Empire needs Judge back. Right now they're running okay, but they do. They need it back because at some point all of this is going to, I feel like it's all going to crumble at some point with these replacement players. You're saying it's a house of cards, what we're watching. It, it is a house of cards, man. Like People are getting uh, very excited with the brand of baseball. They're all like pumped up with the small ball and all these guys like fighting for themselves. And at some point, talent, talent will prevail. So we, that's why we need our guys back. So what are we watching right now then? How are they winning? I, I don't know. I, they're, they're playing, they're playing uh, teams that are not good. Uh, I think that that's also help. part of it. I think that's going underrated. I mean, the Angels, are they have Mike Trout and basically no one else. And do the Giants have any self-respect? They just got swept at home. You'd think the Giants are going to be pumped up for the Yankees coming into town, right? That's a huge series for for them and their fans, and they just can't even put up a fight for three straight days. 
Well, I, I tweeted out the like what I see when I'm looking at this this uh, this San Francisco Giants team. It's like a mishmash, like random, just scattering of of, uh, of used like, to be former, names, used to be former names, AL East players. players. A yeah. lot of former AL East players. Like, yeah. who who assembled this team and said, "Oh yeah, now we're going to compete." And like, you know, throw in Andrew McCutcheon into that mix too because he was on there last year at last some year. point. It's yep. like you're you're just getting a a very random sampling of MLB veterans who majority of them played in the AL East. It's a weird team. It is. Is Jeff Samarja still on that team? Like I believe he is. Yeah, I think he is too. Like it, why is he still on that team? Because <laughs> well, they signed him to a big contract. To right, I guess so. It. They can't get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that what they tried to they tried to rebuild in a single off season, and we've never really seen that work. Right. I mean, I guess you could say the Yankees did in 2009, but they didn't necessarily need to rebuild. They just needed a few more, a few more pieces to get them to the World Series after after the uh, the early 2000s run. But we saw the Giants try and completely restock their team with players past their prime. Yeah, and and they fell flat on their face. They were trying to do, go one last run. They won the every other year thing. They still had Bumgarner. They said, "Let's try and squeeze a little bit more out of this stone," and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, no, I mean, they yeah, they, they were winning in the in the even years, and they were trying to get things going again. And uh, it just they, they brought in the wrong guys. What's funny to me is that they they actually fired their GM, I think, in the middle of all that, right? And then brought um, they're doing more analytical approach. Yeah. They're doing a more analytical approach now. So yeah. in three four years, we'll we'll be talking about a different Giants team. I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean now it's like it's like expiring contracts. That's that's what this team feels like. It feels like an NBA team that has a bunch of expiring contracts, and they're just like waiting to to off it and reload. But I've heard talks that they're they want to re-sign Bumgarner. He's their franchise player. They don't want him playing anywhere else. I don't know. He didn't look great on Friday night. We all thought we were all excited for that Paxton Bumgarner pitchers duel, and it didn't turn out to be the way we thought it was going to be. Well, no, that's that was. I think we we're when you're looking at what Paxton is now or what he can be. Everybody in our head, you're thinking Madison Bumgarner. You're thinking like this big guy, big lefty, um, has the uh, has the ability to go out there and dominate. And when you're, we were definitely expecting a pitcher's duel. We didn't get it. But, you know, Bumgarner has always been kind of that guy too where he shows up very differently in the postseason. And he, when there's a big game, the guy shows up in a, in a, in a big way. And I kind of just feel like the way that Paxton's built I mean, I'm hoping more than anything, but I feel like that's that's going to be similar in fashion. Don't don't put that on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So he now you have set up Paxton. He cannot hit like Madison Bumgarner. That is no, a fact. Mad Bum's got some pop in that bat, but you just set up Paxton for unmitigated disaster because Not just you. Success- I just think he's going to be. I, I'm, I'm talking more about like the uh, the the moxie, you know, like okay. the stones. I feel well, like we he's saw got that those. big game mentality a couple of weeks ago when he at the stadium pitched against the Red Sox. That was a huge start for him. We talked about how that was sort of a turning point for Paxton in the season because he'd been a little rocky, and then he just showed up and absolutely dominated the Red Sox. Went out the next start against KC, struck out twelve back to back twelve strikeout games, but then what we saw. To, uh, uh, um, Friday was he kind of he kind of scuffled a little bit in the in the beginning and had to battle through some of that game and and pitch at least into the sixth inning again. So we've seen him do that a couple times this year where he doesn't have his A stuff, but he's battling through. Yeah, no, I mean I thought that was that was an impressive 
it was an impressive thing to see because I think over the last three starts we're seeing like we're seeing a guy that three to four starts we're seeing a guy that that did not have it at all we're seeing a guy that went into um, Boston basically you know to to um, to quote to quote the great Aaron Judge backs up against the wall and pitch against Boston the way he did and then we see him against San Francisco and not having his good stuff but still going through and up against, you know, the, the, the matchup that everybody was looking forward to in Baumgartner. So uh, you're seeing like the, the different packs in different situations. And he responded. I mean, he didn't have it early, but he did, he did, you know, keep it down um, and was able to pitch well and, and relatively deep into the game mm-hmm. for today's age, very deep in the game. Yeah. And now they're 17 and 11 second place in the, in the division behind Tampa. And they also have the second best run differential in the American league plus 37 runs only behind Tampa. So two, two weeks ago, we were not thinking this was possible because they were losing guys left and right, and they're still losing guys left and right. That's, that's the crazy thing. It's like they, they're completing a sweep on Sunday, and I'm happy because they, this, this team just swept in San Francisco. But at the same time, I'm like, holy shit, we just lost two more key infielders. With Urshela and LeMahieu. And I know they're hopefully not going to go on the IL, but they might not play in in Arizona with the current status of them. So they're still dropping like flies. It's still getting picked off one by one like it's a firing line. Like, what is going on? And how are they still winning? Yeah, I, I I have no answer for it. That's that's the whole house of cards concept is what we're looking at. That's that's the that's the problem. Unless we're starting to get guys back that that can stabilize that that house. But you're looking at. I mean, you say they maybe not going to going to go on the IL. Like I'm expecting them to go on the IL. Maybe not Urshela. You think both are going to go on the IL. Maybe not Urshela only because the X-rays were negative and that was more of an impact thing. Because he God, got I thought that was hand. a broken hand immediately. Yeah, it looked bad. But Lemayhu, I expect to go on. I mean, just is just just from what from on Friday night when he fouled that ball off his knee. Like I tweeted immediately. Like, oh, who else is expecting an MRI tonight? Because it looked like it looked bad, and you can see like immediately when he did that, he grimaced and he was. Um, he was really trying to fight it off. And like he's a guy that doesn't really show anything, it seems like, so well, far. I mean, the, think about his mindset at that point. He's like, I can't go on the IL. Are you kidding me? No, but I know. But I'm saying it, the immediate reaction that I saw, like the oh. immediate like ball-to-knee reaction was that that shit hurt, <laughs> you know? And and with a, and sometimes with the knee, it can flare up later. Like it can yeah, well, get it, did. Fluid. it didn't even flare it up the next do, like, day. A lot of things. Yeah. It seems like it flared up two days later. Yeah, well, you know, he tried to play through it, obviously, and uh, and just it, he's able to hit the ball even he with had a, a good bum series. He, he had I a know se- he was really good. He was really good. <laughs> so yeah, he had the X-rays, and then I saw some news uh, late last night that he's being sent for an MRI. We haven't seen the results on that MRI yet. I guess the only good news is the Yankees have two off days this week. They're off Monday and Thursday. It's just a two-game quick series in Arizona. Yeah, but it's tough t- in National League parks to play a position player down because you're you're pinch hitting you're double switching you're doing a lot of different things so going in to arizona and national league park if you're playing with a 24 or even a 23 man roster that's gonna be really difficult you're putting yourself in a position where no one else can go down and that's kind of funny because on sunday this kind of we, we saw this kind of happen because they had urshela and lemayhu out of the game so that means they had to put in two of their bench players and then when her it was time for Herman to be pinch hit for Boone wouldn't even send up Mike Ford because Mike Ford was the last guy on the bench. So if something goes wrong, they have no one else to play play the field. So yeah. he called back 
Ford and sent up Hap, which I don't really understand. I don't know where the nerds found that in their spreadsheet, like the genius <laughs> that like dug in some like V lookup formula and was like, oh, Hap for Paxton. This one's going to really trick him. But I mean, Hap for uh, for Herman, but Hap went up there, grounded out. I, I think Herman could have just gone up there and taken three pitches down the middle because, frankly, that's all I want them to do. And then, I don't want them swinging the bat like this whole running and especially now I want no, I want nothing to do with that. I want absolutely I want to get the hell out of these National League parks with all of our pitchers intact. That's the only objective at this point. Like now where we are, the mission has changed. We need to we need to leave Arizona with fully healthy pitchers. That's it. I don't care what else happens. Honestly, even if they lose two and they come out with two two uh two healthy guys that were starting those games, I'm happy. I don't want Jay Happ coming up in a in a pinch hitting situation and swinging the See, bat. See, that's why I didn't get it because Herman is at least loose. He's been in the game the whole day. Just send him up there, and even if he's gonna swing, he'll he's gonna swing and miss because you saw how ugly his at bat was when he was trying to bunt <laughs> slash slap play the ball. Like he, he had never done it before, and it was obvious he had never done it before. So I'm I'm just sitting there like I'm picturing him trying to bunt, and he's just gonna take one off the right hand off the knuckle. Like this is what we're this yeah, is how fast, this is how he's fastball. gonna go down. Yeah, it looks it like didn't a four seam. But you're you're setting up Hap, a guy in his late thirties, to just raw off the bench, go up there and swing. Crafty bat. veteran. Crafty I'm like, veteran. oh great, here we go. Some news after the game. Jay Hap hurt his back trying to swing swing the bat. Like, Strained oblique. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think it was a it was like a 99 mile an hour pitch or something that he that he actually grounded out. I thought and, I saw a tweet. And I get a, it. He's it been in the national. He's been in the National League. He he looks like a much more competent hitter than Herman. But it's there's two outs it's in the inning. It's been a while since he's been in the National League. But there's two outs in the inning. What are you really hoping for? Best case scenario, he gets a base hit or walks, and then he's got to run the bases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are things I don't want from our pitchers. I really, I really don't. So you think he's gonna park one and he can? No, he's not gonna park one. So what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. I you know if you were send, sending up someone like that too. Like you'd think that the bat would just be on the shoulder, right? Like you're just putting a body in there, and like that's it, just just for to play the game, just to play the National League stupid National League game. We have to go up and throw up J Happ in a, in, a, in a, a position where a professional hitter would be, you know, weird weird stuff. Like they need to just scrap this nonsense and go to the D, the, the, the um, designated hitter already, please. Probably going to be after the next CBA, so enjoy it while it lasts because we only got like two more seasons of this podcast bitching about this topic. Yeah, well, fine. I'll take that one off the board, you know, gladly. <laughs> um, so, so let's go back to Friday's game when it was. Uh, we thought it was going to be Paxton versus Bumgarner. You could kind of tell immediately it, it's not the same Bumgarner. Yankees got to him for a few runs early in that game, and the, it's not like he was facing a murderer's row lineup. I, I had a stat in here. Friday, four through eight in the Yankees order was Urshela, Mabin, Romine, Talkman, and Estrada. Okay. The Giants in their lineup had Tyler Austin and Jan Hervis Solarte. If you add up Solarte and Austin's career games with the Yankees, it equals 160. If you add it up to that point, LeMahieu, uh, uh, Le Voigt, Urshela, Mabin, Talkman, and Estrada, it was 131 games with the Yankees. So the Giants had two players who had played more time with the Yankees than the Yankees had in their lineup. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just strange. And then you got, you got guys like... Uh, Look, I mean, that's just a telling sign to, to how these guys have played. So, like, mad, unbelievable credit to the Mike Fords of the world, the the um, Tyro Estradas. The, these guys are coming in 
and have no business to be there. No business whatsoever. And they're winning. And they're putting together good at-bats. And they're, they're doing all these things. So, um, look, I said before, this is what, what this is going to do is, is, is just going to make the, the team better, deeper, more experienced, so that later in the season when we do have everybody back, hopefully knock on wood, then we got guys like this to come in, and and now they're they're filling in late inning defensively, but oh by the way they can they can put together a good at bat or you know they've been in in situations in the major leagues now where this is not a you know a new thing a new feeling so in the end silver lining going to be a better team. Well, what I think we're seeing is all these guys know they're not going to be they're not here for the long term. The, you can't. All, they're they're basically they know one or two of us is only going to be on a 25 man roster come the end of the season. Yeah. So we're they're fighting for their lives at this point. Yeah, no, it's true. And and by the way, the murderer's row comment, I tweeted this out too and I had a really good response I wanted to. So I had Lemayhu Voigt, Glaber or and I put murderer's row 19. And uh Eric uh, at Eric underscore M888838 uh renamed that to manslaughter's row. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really good. It's really good. I like yeah. it. Put it it's on like a T-shirt. The, the Give intent, them credit, I guess, because we're in some trouble. Yeah, the intent to to kill, but not so much. Yeah, no. <laughs> the like intent, it. the intent to uh, just get a few base hits and, and maybe win a game by a, by a run or two. Yeah, we had uh, PJ had a, 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 a contact row, <laughs> <laughs> catch the ball and turn a double play row because yeah. they're they're doing that uh, fundamental but, row. How about that? Better than a lot of uh, a lot of the team a lot of the team that did it last year. Well, you you joked about Murderers Row, but if you look at it, DJ Lemayhu and Gio Urshela. So Lemayhu one hundred nine WRC plus this year. Urshela one thirty three. Manny Machado ninety nine. That's a shame. And what happened right after we tweeted that? I saw. I don't, nah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> some some bad things started happening. People started falling like uh, falling like like bad things out of the sky. So the. Um, it's, it's nice to see that, though, because it, it makes everybody who was talking about Manny Machado shut the F up. For the uh, time being, because well, no, right. one thinks, no one thinks that Machado is worse, of, worse than either of those two players. Uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Oh, well, I don't. I tweeted it, and I don't think that. Um, the Yankees won, obviously, all three games over the weekend. Uh, it got a little scary, though, both on Friday and Saturday late in those games. So on Friday... Britain in the uh, what was it the eighth and in, in the seventh inning walks three batters and Ottavino has to bail him out of a jam there, and then on Saturday Sessa going up there swinging like he's uh, Babe Ruth in the ninth inning and then forgets how to pitch gives up a couple bombs and it got interesting late on Saturday too. Yeah, though the, the whole Sessa thing was just strange because especially because he's been pitching so well this year. You expect him to go in there and just clean clean up and finish up the game. Yeah, look um, at this. He came into the game with a 159 ERA and left with a 415. Yeah, that's not good. That's that's a bad that's a bad outing. That's that's uh, and it's gonna take him a while to get that back down now too, probably because of those numbers. That's what happens when you're a reliever. But I mean, I, so I don't know, like if the fact that he was trying to to you know be be a big guy out there and and you know maybe he was it's because he's like oh man I, I was drafted as a, I think he was drafted as a shortstop or an infielder or something he's like I can hit I know how to do this and then like got all uh, got all puffy in the chest and tried to d- go out and do something for for really no reason and then you know he was exhausted when he got to the mound because he's like damn that's a I don't remember it being that tiring yeah, and I'm three tired. swings and misses are really really makes him gassed 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you make contact, it's better. You know, if you swing and miss, it's just like all that energy just leaves and there's no nothing to, um, to you know, to like catch it. I get the, it. These guys ball. are excited to hit. It's a thing because you see the bench kind of go up on the top step and, and have their attention is on the pitcher trying to hit. They well, think how many bets funny. were there that Sessa could do something and he's making I'm bets sure like, yeah, I'm I did sure this. Yeah, exactly. I got bets. Yeah. You know, but, you, you got you got Glaber Torres pointing to the dugout yesterday. Like these guys are talking in there, like saying things to each other. Like it, it's just the uh, you know the dynamic of a of a of a clubhouse. And I'm sure if I was in that position and I, I were same a thing. pitcher in Major League Baseball <laughs> and I couldn't hit a lick, I would go up there and try to hit it to the moon. Right. But, but right. The, but that's how that's how bad things happen. Whether it's an injury or you just get thrown off of your your regular stuff. That's why I'm sitting here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doing a podcast and he's on a plane to Arizona. Right. I mean, Luis Sess is out of options though, so he should he should remember that when he's going up there trying to big uh, be, you know, big dick Luis Sessa with his bat and trying to yeah. get things. But but uh Friday night, the this is the more egregious thing. Like this was what was driving me nuts. Uh was was the was Britain in the game while just out, you know, he got I think I think two quick outs, and then walked a guy, walked a guy, and then Boone for some unknown reasons like, oh yeah, let's just let's go with him still. Um, well, I think it was still a lefty. He, he was. It was a lefty. lefty. It was a lefty. But it doesn't matter who's up in the box, righty or lefty, if you can't throw a strike. He was uh, he was around the plate, but you could tell that his sinker was it was moving a lot, and they just weren't swinging at it. It was. It was I, I think the second guy that he walked was four straight balls. I mean, did he just, he wasn't, he wasn't, he lost the zone. And you could see on his face that he lost the zone. He knew he lost it's the zone. It's not the first time it's happened this year. It happened in no. Houston too. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things where like, those are the moments. This is, this is really my, my biggest and one of my only things that I'm, I'm on Boone for that, that drives me nuts is, is that when you have a, a situation that's clearly, um, it's clearly you're looking with your eyes and you see what's going, what's happening on the field, especially on the pitcher's mound. You're seeing a guy that's that's not right. Something is not right, and yet you're staying with him, getting greedy, and and gonna like try to get that one more out or that, those two more outs, similar to what they did with CC in the playoffs. And you know, look, maybe he doesn't walk that third guy. Maybe he leaves a meatball over the plate. And and it's you know, I think it was Brandon Belt was the hitter. So yeah, I, I see the lefty lefty matchup. But it doesn't matter when you're not around the plate. Like throw those numbers out the window. You you need this guy's looking for something down the gut, and if he's making mistakes, there's a very good chance that he can make a mistake over the plate. <clears throat> so it, yeah. it it didn't kill him in the end because Ottavino came in and got out of it. But it it was playing with fire, and and we've seen that go bad too many times already. Ottavino came in and made Buster Posey look like a little leaguer, but yeah. I don't think that if it's not a lefty lefty matchup, I think he's out of that game. So. But again, I just don't understand. No, the, the, I get it. I get there. it's a fair second guess. I think there's uh, – and Boone had a second guess in – we didn't talk about it yet, but the Thursday game, the last game in Anaheim, that game got out of hand with Tanaka. We'll talk about him in a second. But but in the sixth inning, it's a tie game, It's a, and there's two runners on, and he brings in Holder, who had been struggling all year. Other than Chad Green, Jonathan Holder has been the worst reliever. And you go to Holder in a tie game in the sixth inning with two runners on instead of arrested Adovino, arrested Canely, or arrested Britain. I don't understand that move at all. I understand that there's a bullpen hierarchy, but didn't we? Aren't aren't we sort of past that? This guy gets the seventh inning. This guy gets the eighth inning. This guy gets so. the ninth inning. 
this is this is more about leverage and more about what is the game situation telling me and the game is telling me I got to get out of this sixth inning tie game jam who am I going to go to not Jonathan Holder well that's the whole point of having such a deep bullpen isn't it like the, the whole point of having such a deep bullpen is that you have guys that you can trust late in the game and they're in you know interchangeable you can mix in Ottavino you can mix in Britain um, you can mix in now Canley I think Canley has proven that he's yeah Canley's you know, ERA form. Canley's ERA is now 169 he's he's been having a fantastic year yeah so so that's the thing like we're, we're you know we're not talking about these we shouldn't be talking about these inning slots uh, they're that they are good enough where they can go anywhere and if you're looking at a guy that's struggling why at that point do you need to bring him in when you have like you said three three guys rested yeah. and ready to go that are would be better in that situation and Holder gave up two, the two runs in that inning. And at that point, then, instead of going to your big guns, you go to Tarpley, you go to Joe Harvey, and the game gets out of hand. Yeah. So it's a game that started off good for the Yankees. They had a lead. Tanaka, in the blink of an eye, loses it in the fifth inning. Gives up two two-run homers in the fifth inning. So this is now the second time this season that's happening. Because it happened in the White Sox game, too, where he gave up the grand slam. It's like if, if, if you had gone to take a leak and came back, it's a completely different pitcher on the mound. What the yeah. hell happened? Yeah, no, it's it's very it's weird. It's weird why that's why that's happened with him. I have no answer for it other than you know he just lost it for for a second and leaving balls over the over the plate. But you know at, at that point, once Holder comes in and lets those two runs up, like I understand, I think he's just punting at that point, bringing in Tarpley and Harvey. So I'm not going to bring in the other guys. Uh, oh, yeah, you, I, you've I already mind. won the series. You, you're 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 just trying to get through that. <laughs> like minimize what the damage, I guess. So at that point, it is what it is. But the, the holder, the holder thing, is odd. Yes, that, exactly. I'm not blaming him for the tarpley move. I'm, I'll blame him for the uh, the holder move. But so with Tanaka, I was um, another little factoid from the Inside the Empire book. Um, they were talking. There was a little section on Tanaka and how the last couple years you've had two different Tanakas. And three out of four times he goes out there and he and he looks like an ace Tanaka, like the pitcher we saw in the playoffs. And then one out of four, you'll know immediately, oh, it's the bad Tanaka today. He's leaving balls up in the zone. It's it's the Derek Jeter day against Houston where he's given up four home runs in two innings, and you know it immediately. Well, that hasn't happened this year. Because now the two games he's really struggled in, he's looked fantastic through four, three, four innings. And then and then he just loses it. So it's a kind of a different kind of, it's a different struggle that we're seeing with Tanaka this year where mid game he leaves balls up mid game cuz the the home run to Lestella was supposed to be a pitch on the outside corner and it was a pitch in the middle of the plate up and then the pitch to Calhoun was a hanging splitter. Yeah, no, it's uh it's it's a weird how he how it just kind of goes away in the middle of the game, but I mean I if we're asking preference if if you're giving me two options the Derek Jeter day Tanaka or the no, guy no that one leaves that. a couple of balls over the plate in the fifth inning, you know, I, I feel like we could possibly avoid the second, you know, the, 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 the Tanaka of today. But I mean, like to get on, we're saying this because we're, we're talking about that game, but Tanaka has been phenomenal. Like he, the guy's going to struggle. He's obviously not going to be perfect throughout the, the, uh, the entire thing. So I, I think what we're seeing from him is, is minor struggles and just overall scheme, like seeing what Tanaka has done. I mean, he, he's been so impressive. Um, that I think some of these some of these little these little blips are just going to come and, and just kind of take them. He's been good in the big moments, and I think that's what we're mostly. And, and also just to like touch on Boone, not not to not to crush Boone for this stuff too, because the 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 good thing is flip it the other side. All the Boone haters right now have really not much to say when they're winning with this team and seeing what they're doing. 
you really can't say jack shit about uh, Aaron Boone mm-hmm. at this point because what he's doing with these guys is pretty good. Yeah, pretty have, pretty good. We have a mailbag question about that later, but yeah, when you uh, so one of uh, uh, pastime like no other, a tradition like no other is for Yankees fans on Twitter to complain about the lineup. Right. But when you have a bunch of replacement players, like what are you going to complain about? There's nothing to complain about. You cannot complain about it. You just you just can't do it. You, you, you go into every day and you see that lineup. You chuckle a little bit when you first see it. And you're like, all right, here we go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Okay, you're going with Urshela, Mabin, Romine, Talkman, Estrada against Mad Bum. Let's see what you let's got, just, guys. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? It has been, and I'm glad you brought up Tanaka being on the large part good because it has been the pitching that I think has been the key to this winning streak. For sure. Tanaka, you know, Tanaka, we mentioned him, Hap. Since that third inning of the Boston game has been great. He's been the J-Hap we signed up for. And then on Saturday, seven innings, five hits, no walks. So you really look at that third inning of the Boston game, and that's been a turning point for Hap. That's when he figured something out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, going back to some of his earlier starts, I mean, we mentioned this and and not using them as as an excuse, but really just like a situational, this is what happened. He had... um, he was pitching in the rain, basically both starts. Uh, the second one, I think, was the Friday game. I was I was at that game before yeah, our it was event. Mon- it was monsooning all day. Yeah, and but he also had there was there was the, I think the time before that there was a delay. Rain and then delay he came in Baltimore. Yeah. So he had some some uh, some odd starts in the sense that like the weather was bad or there was delays. You know, again, not to use those as excuses, but they're reality. Those were actual situations that happened. And and since then, I, I just never really was uh, worried about him because he's such a consummate pro that. You know, this guy, you look at his number, the number and how old he is. You see his birthday and he doesn't, he doesn't act like that. Like when you see the guy, uh, this guy pitching, like physically, you would never think that this guy's an older guy. Like he, he's got no problems. He, he still pitches in the, you know, uh, mid nineties. He's, he's still in a very effective pitcher. Like, I don't think we've seen age really affect him much at all. So I'm not, I was really not worried about him. Yeah, I, I think I was, I was mildly concerned because he was getting beat around by bad teams. Yeah, it was, but, it was but the, the Orioles is, and the White Sox. But you could identify why that was happening. He wasn't able to locate a fastball. Like he I could know. not put the fastball but, over. There. And so when you see that, when you see a struggle like that, like okay, the guy's just missing his spots. Now you're like, okay, can this guy come back from? Can this guy find that spot again? Uh, yeah, I think he could find that spot. So if you locate the fastball, is he going to be okay? And I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, and he's turned the corner, which is great. And we've been sort of praising the replacement lineup, but they're still getting big hits out of two key power hitters, Voight and Sanchez. Sanchez hit two of the longest home runs I've ever seen this weekend. The 460-foot blast grand slam on Saturday, and then he almost left the park in left field on Sunday afternoon. Just absolute bombs. He looks terrible in that one, one game back off the IL, but he's starting to get the groove back. I didn't I didn't ever predict that he was going to be uh you know like this this monster Babe Ruth kid coming in yeah yeah I was just you know one series off a little bit um no he's been impressive like those home runs were ridiculous uh the grand slam first of his career which is 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 pretty cool uh that he was able to 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 take that out I think um Lindsay Adler tweeted out uh Gary Gary Slamchez I love it I think it's a, it's perfect but the uh the seeing him one. back huh that's an old one it's his first home run. It's his first grand slam. Yeah, I know, but it applies to him perfectly. Continue. And either way, the uh, the beauty of that is 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 that he's coming out and he understands 
that, you know, he needs to be an offensive juggernaut basically for this team. Like he needs to be that guy. He needs to be the guy right now. And, you know, he's the, uh, he's the one that's, that's been on this team, you know, probably, uh, he's the veteran that's in the lineup. Essentially they're looking at him, the catcher, the guy that's controlling the game. Uh, so they need him to, to hit. So I'm glad he is. He's been good. Luke Voigt has been the one who's really been carrying it. For I saw sure. an article MLB.com posted early MVP candidates and Luke Voigt was in there. I think, it's a, I think it's a little early to start talking about MVP candidates, but hey, you know, if we're, if we're talking about it, it's legit. I mean, if the conversation's happening, yeah, you put him in there. Got to get those internet clicks though. Uh, the Luke chants in San Francisco were out all weekend, which I kind of reminded me of the DD curtain call last year in Anaheim, right? Once you start getting the in an opposing ballpark, the home chants, the home curtain calls, like that's that's when you know you are uh, doing something special. And he's been moved up to the two hole with the current state of the lineup. Um, he's not going to stay there all year once guys start coming back, but he's producing right now. I mean, he's just such a fun player to root for. Yeah. Like the bear hugs he was giving after the win, I believe that was Friday night. He, we 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 put up on Instagram the picture of him with on the plane with the belt, the championship Yankees belt. I guess he won it for this series. So he was going back and forth with Glaber on Instagram last night too, saying, you know, that we just become best friends, doing this whole thing, like the, you know, the whole the gift from Step Brothers. So there's there's definitely a really good vibe with him. The the guys love him, um, and yeah, he's mashing. So I mean, this is the guy that has a chip on his shoulder that says I can hit in the major league level. Everybody said I, you know, the, the a lot of people think thought I could not. Um, my defense is I'm working on it, but yeah. I can hit. But I can yeah. hit. Well, the defense is an issue, but the both traditional and advanced metrics are are good. He's leading the team in home runs, RBIs, and total bases. Check, check, check. Advanced metrics, exit velocity, hard hit percentage, barrels, and expected weighted on base average are all above average, like above average to really good. Yeah, for as far as league standards. And if you look back to August 1st of last year, which is the point in the timeline that skewed, right? The Biff Tannen, when he got the sports almanac, went back in time, August 1st. That's the date we're looking at. He ranked seventh in Major League Baseball for WRC+. Plus. Seventh. Yeah. No, I, I mean, he's been impressive. And I think one of the, to, to, um, to tip the cap to the nerds, the, the reason they were going after him, one of the big reasons is, is because they were, they saw the, the metrics on him when he was with St. Louis with the, the hard hit percentage, the barrels. And they said, this guy can hit. And, and he's maybe been a little bit unlucky, um, but they had a, a true belief that he was going to hit on the major league level. And, and that's checking out. And, and that's where I, I feel like a lot of this stuff is, is really beneficial is looking at, you know, what a guy really is and seeing, you know, a guy that maybe not giving you the uh, the numbers that you would expect on the back of a baseball card, but looking behind that and finding those gems. Like, that's where I think these numbers are absolutely beautiful. You can find some people that are that are doing things that unexpected to the eye are doing are, are doing good things, are barreling up. So this is it's, the it's question I wanted to metric. bring up because Brian Cashman and his department love to puff their chests out about this kind of stuff. They found Didi, a diamond in the rough. They found Hicks, a diamond in the rough. And now they found Voigt, who's proving to be a diamond in the rough. How much credit do we really give them? And how much do they also get a little lucky? Well, I mean, the luck... See, luck comes when you're you're not doing it very often. But when you start looking at track record and you start looking at the way that they've done it, because there's definitely a trend. But it's not like they hit on everyone. There's plenty of players they don't hit on. We're just talking about the ones they do hit on. Yeah, but these the deals to the major league, 
there aren't very many that they've missed on, honestly. There, there are like these types of deals. I mean, even look at what, what Talkman's done. I mean, he's, he's not been well, that's great the thing. That's what That was what we heard. That was the narrative is that Talkman's going to be a next, a next Didi, a next Aaron Hicks. A next well, I mean, it's an Boyd. easy narrative because of who he is. He was a, a guy that, that, you know, had uh, flashed in AAA, but never really did anything on the major league level. So, I mean, it's an easy comparison because the, the numbers look similar in that sense. And he's just the guy that's, that nobody knows who he is, but, but again, yeah, that he's making hard contact, like, you know, plays very good defense. Uh, we'll see where that one lands, but there's, there's a lot more good than bad with these trades. So there's, <clears throat> they have a, a good track record. And I think that's where I'm throwing out the lucky thing. Like they're definitely looking for something and it's working. I mean, obviously. If I'm, an, Obvi- if, I'm, if I'm an opposing GM, and and Cashman calls me, you're starting to get and he, skeptical. And he's and he's looking at some like some like random dude in my in AAA who's been there for a minute, or like a random guy in Double A. I'm like, I'm like, hold on a minute. Well, this can, is why. Can I get my nerds on this guy? And like, let's find out why Cashman's calling about him. Yeah. So this is why what they need to start doing, what the Yankees need to start doing, is asking for a different guy first. Right. Pretend like you want someone else, and then when that guy's like, no, no, that guy's got to be special. Like, all right, I'll take Luke Voigt. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then maybe that's what he's doing now too. Like he's got to, you got to change your tactic. Like you got to yeah. change up your signs when you have a guy on second base. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's the second sign, not the first sign. You got to do the indicator first, tip yeah. of the cap first before, before we go. Yeah. Uh, another fun little uh, tidbit is that Voigt's been using Andujar's bat since the last homestand. Oh man. I kind of love that. That's yeah. beautiful. That's yeah. see, that's all in the family right there. That's, that's good stuff. And Andujar probably, you know, did like some, some beautiful little blessing on it and made sure that it was all good. The, like the Pedro Serrano. Yes. Major He's <laughs> got a whole seance these things to it. happening. Yeah. All of these things are happening in the, in the uh, clubhouse. Don't you think though, like Voight should be using, I don't know. Andujar seems like to have too small of a bat for Luke Voight, but I guess it's working. Nah, I mean, Andujar's a, Andujar's a strong guy, man. He could, he could, oh, no doubt, but, but Luke Voight is bigger. Fine, but Barry Bonds used to use like a, a 30 or 31 ounce. It did bat. look like, like it a toothpick. It did look like a toothpick. Yeah. yeah, he was all about bat speed. That's true. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of bat speed out of out of uh, Voight. So very fun to watch right now. Um, let's also talk about. So after we last recorded, Cameron Mabin was acquired, and this was out of necessity. He was in AAA for the Indians, and they brought him in because Frazier had just gone on the IL. So they literally were down to their seventh outfielder. I mean, when you look at it, Stanton, Judge, Hicks, and Frazier all on the injured list. That's four out of your top five outfielders on the injured list. It's, so you, you, are at, you are at a point where it's Gardner, who has not gotten really a day off and will not be getting a day off anytime soon. And you have Talkman, you have Tyler Wade out there. You had to bring in somebody. The Yankees had been interested in Cameron Mabin back in spring training. I think he was a guy they were looking at while they were looking at Mike Talkman. And they decided to go Talkman, but here here's Mabin coming back because they need somebody. Yeah, and now, you know, especially if um if we're starting to see any more injuries happening or or whatever, you're gonna see with with uh with LeMahieu down and Ursula, you know, who knows how long they're gonna be out. You're you're gonna see Tyler Wade in the infield now. So now the outfield is <laughs> Can he is, play left field and third base at the, at simultaneously? the same time? He, he can is just pretty play fast. in the middle there somewhere. Yeah. He's pretty fast. We heard about ex- that speed. Extremely good looking. So maybe people will like just get, you know, the glare, get scared away. But, you know, it's one of these things that they're, I mean, it doesn't even matter who's, who's the next guy. I mean, they got Estrada playing left field. He never played left field in his life. No, and he's, I mean, he, he played two games in left field. I think it, you're going to, I honestly think 
if if another knock on wood, hopefully no one else goes down. But if another guy goes down, someone I else think, is going to go down. I mean, that's just the way this working. So you know, what I think we might will as well have talk to happen like it's going to happen. What will have to happen is they're going to have to call up Higashioka and then use Romine in the infield. Yeah, but that's playing with fire too now. Like you get an injured to. Okay, I know. I understand I know that. that. But like, what else do you do? You have no one else on the forty man roster. <laughs> like, someone tweeted me yesterday um, when uh, Urshela got hit. Someone tweeted me. He goes. I would say the Yankees need to retaliate, but they can't lose anybody else, so don't. They have no one else to... If anyone gets suspended in this game, is going to be out there playing first base. Yeah, no. I mean, that's not even an exaggeration. Like, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an issue at this point. Like, there literally is no depth. They've gone... Their backups are getting hit and hurt. It's crazy. Um, but no, you have to... Uh, you Ooh, have T-shirt. To, backups against the wall. Backups <laughs> against the wall? The... <laughs> the... Um, yeah, you know, like bringing in Maben. I mean, this is a guy that was hitting two fifteen, two sixteen in the in Triple A. Uh, he was a Triple A Columbus. Don't even, like, who, I don't care it's what his, I don't care what anyone's I, stats are anymore. You need a warm body to no, be no, able to I go know. out there and not get hurt. I just think it's it's funny when we're bringing in guys who are you know veterans who I keep, I keep forgetting how long he's been around. By the right. way, two thousand seven first career home runoff Roger Clemens. Yeah, that's crazy. When I heard that, and I was like, God damn, he's been around since Roger Clemens. Uh, but he's he has been around for a long time. He was such a big prospect. That I mean, really he was he was their out. number one, one of their highest prospects, the Tigers, and he never really panned out. I mean, he's had himself a career. He's still he was in the majors a full season last year for two different teams. It wasn't yeah. very good, but he was in the majors. Yeah, but when we're bringing in a twelve year veteran who's hitting two fifteen in AAA, like, you know, <laughs> you know, shit's bad. You know, shit's hey, bad. Dude gets a, a hit in his first at bat, RBI oh, off yeah. Madison Bumgarner's first at bat. Just like it's scripted. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, going to Arizona, two games. I, I Every time I even look at that ballpark, I get nightmares from 2001. And I always will. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, it's, one, of those, it's one of those things that will be uh, entrenched and ingrained and haunt, haunt my memory forever. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can go in. And look, I just, I, just want, I just want health. That's it. I just want. I just want guys to. It's it's a scary two game set. Like, it's like oh man, we gotta. It's like making a connection flight. You know, on the way to New York, they gotta stop for a long a long connection in Arizona, just to get home. Like I feel like this is just in the way of getting home, mm-hmm. and I just don't want anybody to get hurt. Please, God. Well, it's only two games. That's and, that's the other thing that's worrying me. It's like it's only two games. They'll be fine. Like no, these two games are they're gonna, these two games. I feel like are gonna be a pain in my ass. Yeah. And uh, the Diamondbacks, are, they don't suck. So that's the difference, right? No, the they're, Angels, they're a pretty good team right now. The Angels and the Giants both stink. The Diamondbacks, I don't know who expected what out of them. They traded away Goldschmidt, and they've still gotten production. <laughs> Their outfield, David Peralta, Gerard Dyson, and Adam Jones. Yeah, Adam Jones is having a good year. I mean, I don't... I don't I really doesn't surprise me because I think Adam Jones just needed kind of a change of scenery. Still a good baseball player. I mean, he was still a good baseball player last year, but he was in such a shithole situation. Like, how could you possibly get your best out of a guy in that situation, especially a veteran guy? And Peralta, Peralta rakes. Like, he was a part of my offseason plan. I wanted to get Peralta at some point because he rakes. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. And then uh, you got a bunch of guys on this team that that can flash. I mean, Granky's still in there. Uh, Robbie Ray, who's got really good stuff. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the Yankees fare in these two Speaking games. Speaking of, you said you were surprised. Maben's been around since two thousand seven. You know when Granky debuted? Probably two thousand five, two thousand four. Oh wow! 
He's th- it just feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. I mean, he's been around since 04. I mean, it's a long time, but um, yeah, I mean, he's 35. He's not the same Grinky as he was in LA. So he's pitching game two. So the, it's going to go Sabathia and then Tanaka for the Yankees, Merrill Kelly, and then Grinky for the Diamondbacks. Quick two games. They're going to play him two games later at the stadium. Sort of like a home and home type thing. Um, yeah, like you said, just uh, get out of there with a split and get out of there with everyone still walking after the game. Granky doesn't surprise me, though, like as he's getting uh, he's, he's probably if I were to put a, a list of guys who I think could reinvent themselves getting you know older and, and getting deeper into their career, he'd be one of those guys that, that could sort of reinvent himself. Out. Like, yeah, kind of like what Sabathia has done yeah. with the uh, less velocity, more movement kind of thing. That and, and like, uh, I don't know, Greggy always reminded me of Mussina in, in that sense where he's got a lot okay. of, he's got a lot of, uh, you know, he can he's he, bigger. He's more of a head case than Mussina. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about just, just pitching wise. Like the, he's got, he's got good action on his, on his breaking stuff, but you know, it doesn't always have the big fastball, but figures it out by hitting corners. I was not thrilled with rumors that the Yankees would sort of take Granky off. Of well, the no, because the contract's hands. stupid too. And it's like, but even if you say the Diamondbacks paid a quarter of the contract, <laughs> I still was not excited about that. Well, I think a lot of people had doubt with Granky and coming into a big situation or a big, yeah. uh, big, he's, uh, he's going to be a more expensive and older Sonny Gray. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to go to mailbags in a second. Just a couple housekeeping items. I want to uh, remind you guys, if you have not done so, go check out George's box podcast every Wednesday. They are going to be releasing a new podcast, so they have their own feed up on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. You can subscribe there. JJ and Keith sort of uh, running around all the uh, MLB and Yankees topics. Last episode got a little contentious, little, a couple arguments. I kind of liked it. Um, go check that out. It's coming up pretty fast. May 31st is going to be here before you know it. That's the, uh, the Red Sox-Yankees BP crew event Friday night at the stadium. I... Still think the Red Sox, even though they lost again to Tampa on Sunday, Chris Sale still without a win, uh, throwing 92 miles an hour tops. I still think the Red Sox are going to figure their shit out. And I think they'll, it'll happen by May 31st. So I expect this to be a big series. Yeah, I mean, I kind of hope they don't so that we can just trounce them because that'll be fun too. I mean, I don't think anybody really cares if they figured it out. People are still going to come because it's Yankees Red Sox. And to see a, uh, uh, you know, um, a lashing, like that would be good. Maybe, I just want healthy Yankees to play in that game. So maybe it's like the Red Sox are starting to figure it out and then their fans get their hopes up for that yeah, series and, and the Yankees them. just step on their throats. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a that's a better situation. I like that. Uh, but no, that, that game is... Uh, I'm I'm pretty close. We're I'm pretty sure we're we're right up around 200 tickets sold. Uh, that thing is going to sell out. So get your guys uh, and girls in your crew and join that one up. Um, I know there's a couple big big groups coming into that like 30 to 40 people uh, that have DM me. So we got some some big ones. So this thing is going to sell out pretty fast. It's going to be rowdy too. <clears throat> it's going to be rowdy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Friday night game. Those are always fun. BP crew chapters are are doing well. Uh, again, if you guys are outside New York. The, um, you know, look on our, on Facebook, go to Facebook and search BP crew and you'll find the, uh, the group that we're pretty much organizing all of these chapters and they're going off and, and, you know, they have their own, uh, Facebook groups as well. So there's a lot of things happening there. Uh, go and join the BP crew chapters. All right. Mailbags. So this, this first one from Seth W Thatcher at Seth underscore Thatcher 81 is you brought this up a few, uh, earlier in the podcast. How much credit do the following people deserve for the Yankees' recent ability to stay above 500? Boone and Cashman. So if you're to split up the the pie of cr- the credit pie, 
what percentages are you giving? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just hate get. You rather do you rather do blame pies than credit pies? No, I I'd rather. So just, would I. I'd rather. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like assigning numbers to it. So, um, I'll say. Uh, I'll, I'll say fifty fifty, just to count mm. my way out of it. No. The um. No. no. But but Wrong here's answer. the here's what I think. Cashman has supplied the guys to to come in and and do this. He supplied the depth. He and his team have worked and and given like I think there's a lot of credit due to what they've done on the scouting side and and to to you know load up these minor leagues even with guys that were not like flashy guys that we're expecting like the Thyro Estrados who literally came back from a bullet wound last year and this guy has a ton of talent has come up played well played second base played left field when he doesn't doesn't even know how to play left field borrowing people's gloves probably and he just figures it out so they have talent they have guys who can play baseball and that's that's first you can't do anything unless you have that and then you have Boone who is rallying, just kind of being the glue to these guys and making sure that, you know, there's a baton being passed from one all-star to, to a triple-A guy, another all-star to a triple-A guy, another all-star to a double-A guy. And, and there's just a seamless transition to this team being the same core in the sense that they're just moving along. They're, they're, the lineup is going through, next man up, doesn't matter what your name is, moving the line, and just keep getting W. So I think they both deserve a ton of credit. Estrada gets shot, comes back before Ellsbury because Ellsbury's got got some yeah. toe issues and some hip yeah. issues and some that was back a, issues. That was a tweet that made it around uh, that that was making it around the, the yeah. Twitter the Twitterverse. But yeah, it's true. I think unless there's a story that that we find out later in the season that Boone has been sort of like a whisperer to all these guys and he's like the mastermind behind these young players actually stepping up in a, in a position they didn't think, uh, no one thought they could. I think a bigger a uh, bigger piece of the pie needs to go to Cashman because he's the one who built the depth on this 40-man roster. He's the one who has found, like we said, Luke Voigt. He found Mike Talkman. He found these guys uh, who are performing. So I, I'm not going to say it's all his credit, but I, I think you got to go at least 70-30 to Cashman. I mean, but but the thing is, is like when you're talking about Cashman, you're not talking about Mike Ford. When you're talking about when you're talking about Cashman. Um, yeah, you are talking about like Urshela, guys like that. I mean, that, but that we we out. just credited the pitching staff for carrying this team the last two weeks, and who built the pitching staff? Yeah, no, it's true. Look, he he deserves a ton of it, but I think that if you even if you have some of the talent on uh, in the lower levels, like it's got to be able to come out. Like that that talent has to be able to come out on the major league level mm-hmm. in a tough situation. 30%. And I think that's where Boone gets a ton of credit. Yeah, thirty <laughs> percent. I mean, you have to actually play the games. All right, uh, Chris Mack. Are you guys at all concerned that with most of our guys expected back around or after the All-Star break that we won't make any trade deadline moves? Or will Cashman operate the trade deadline as he usually does and try to fill some holes and weak points? Uh, He says, great show. See you at the parade. So I guess he's a Georgia's box listener as well. Um, Quick injury updates before we answer his question. Tulowitzki rehabbing in Tampa. He could actually be back ASAP. And Duhar played extended spring training games he has been making throws from third base. He could be back as soon as the next homestand. Hicks has faced live pitching, finally. <laughs> we still don't know when he's going to be back. Frazier, he hit and he ran on a treadmill on Sunday. Next steps for him will be to run on a field. Uh, they're going to do that in Arizona. So I kind of am guessing here with ETAs on these guys. Sounds like Andujar, Tulowitzki, Stanton, Frazier, and maybe Hicks could all be back in the month of May. June, we could see Batances, and if all things go well, Judge, but most likely not. So, so maybe just Batances in June. July, Judge, Didi, and Severino. 
and then sometime in the second half, Jordan Montgomery. I mean, I'm I'm putting Judge way towards the end of this. Honestly, I think Judge. I I don't think we see Judge back till after the All Star break. I think that. All right, so July, July, August. I mean, it. I think they're going to be very, 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 very careful with him. Um, but the uh, Andrew Hart looks like he's back like any minute. Too low again. Same thing. I think Stanton's damn close. Um, and then Frazier. You know, I think we're we're seeing with, that it was probably just inflammation and like it flared up, but it's really not a serious thing. So with a uh, Tulo and and Hicks, uh, sorry, Tulo and Andujar coming back uh, soon. The only thing that concerns me is maybe defensively, because one thing we've seen. This was a great tweet by Sweeney Murdy. The Yankees so far this year rank 13th in double plays turned, middle of the pack. Last year they were last in baseball, 30th. The guys are catching the ball. They're they're make double plays was a huge issue for this team last year. They were not, um, they were not turning. They were not get. They were giving away outs because they Andujar turn, wasn't turning double plays. They at couldn't all. turn like double plays. Anything third base. anything that was hit to third base was not a double play. And this yeah. year we're seeing it. Yeah. And that I, I think that's underrated how important that is to a team, especially a team that's not going to put up ten runs a night. So you, so you want so you want uh, no you keep I your don't. Back. We're going to talk about Tyler, it in a second. You want Tyler Wade in there instead of Andujar. Uh, no, I, I will gladly take Antwar. I have no use for Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah, Troy Tulowitzki's becoming, he seems like it's, uh, at, at this point, like why, you know, when you have guys like, uh, Estrada who can come out there and play, um, and it's a, he's a young guy, you know, doing well. Tulowitzki showed even when he was healthy, he's not, he can't hit. And if Gio Urshela is hopefully going to be back soon, like I've loved what I've seen out of Gio Urshela. Oh, there's you, like, yeah, you can't, can you, you, you can't take Urshela off the lineup. Uh, on the roster and and uh, bring up Tulowitzki and like that's that's your swap. That's a tough one to watch. That's a tough yeah. one to swallow. It's it doesn't make baseball sense either at this point. So um, getting back to uh, Chris's question about how is Cashman going to operate at the trade deadline and what I think it is a, a fair question because I think he's going to have a tough time saying what do I need for this team this year, but also who's going to be back and when are they going to be back? There's so much unknown. It's not one guy he's waiting on. It's not two guys. He's waiting on his whole team. I don't know how he's going to operate because he's not, first of all, he's also not not dealing with the same type of minor league system that he has in the past. Um, but a lot of the guys that, you know, you're looking at that are, um, that can play now too. They, he kind of, like, at what point do you say, okay, I, I can't trade away some of these guys because we need the depth. We don't know when some of these other guys are going to go down. That's like thing. That's, It's that's such a, an unknown. What if a guy comes back and then realizes... He, what if you bring Andujar back and he realizes, no, my shoulder's not good to go? There's a few of these injuries that, that could linger and like resurface, I feel like. The, Hicks? Hicks is back. Hicks, like, that Hicks, thing could Hicks go at any minute. a thousand percent. Andujar with the labrum, like, that could get worse at any point. So you're looking at, you know, and then you look at the pitching side of it, like it, when and if Severino comes back and Batanz, it's like these are issues that could come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't feel great about not having depth there. So that's why it's, it's, it would be tough for Cashman to make a splash at all. And not that I think he needs to anyway uh, on, on, the, on the deadline. So I think it's more of a filling holes and like it's a fluid situation. Got to see where we are closer to the deadline, see who's healthy, see what the you know, the timelines are at least the projected timelines at that moment and see what we can expect. But he's going to have to use the magic eight ball a little bit and say like, you know, this guy's supposed to come back on here. So we can either rely on that or, or depend on that, or I, we have to make a move um, because of that. So it'll be interesting, but I think it's a fluid situation. Yeah. Um, 
and this we kind of started talking about this. Carl Rayfield, he posted this in the Facebook group. With our current lineup producing... Carl's, and- Carl's kind of my arch nemesis at this point. Why? Because he's, he's the one I made the Sunny Gray deal with. Oh, and right, I, right, I now right. Well, a, uh, he, he, sent you, that with him. he sent you a nice pack of beer. Yeah, he did. He did. We've been sending beer back and forth now. He's got, we've made it a thing. Um, well, he was maybe drinking when he wrote this. With our current lineup producing and people slowly coming off the IL, my concern is what if we start plugging those players back in the lineup and we start losing? Why fix something that isn't broken? So this is the new narrative among some Yankee fans that, hey, I like this scrappy replacement lineup. I don't, I don't want that all-star lineup that, did, that wasn't getting the job done in the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, but I, I think the tone of his question more is like, what happens if, if that is the case, you know? Because that, it is. It that, is. is a real, that is a real thing because we have the guys who are playing well now and then we, we pop in our, our starters and then, you know, maybe they're slow starters. Maybe they don't come back as, as fast and some of these other guys are, um, you know, we're hitting well and we're taking them out of the lineup. So then there's going to be an outroar of like, oh, oh but, but so-and-so was hitting and why did we change things up? And like, it's going to be a thing. Um, but you, you, you can't look at that. Like these guys have a job to do right now and their job is to keep the, the ship afloat for the, the starters to come back. That's their job. Their job is to not, not, to, not to continue to play when the guys come back. Everybody knows that. The whole team knows that. They know they're better when these, these guys are, are back off the shelf. Um, so, you know, we just have to, like, I, I, they, some of these guys probably are not going to come back and start start off well. You know, like, there are going right. to be slow starts and there it's are going to be those times. There's the instant gratification uh, that people are going to be saying, well, where, where's, the, where's the production? Andujar is back. He went 0 for 4 and made an error in the field. Yeah. What, what are we doing? So I get it. It's gonna, it's, you're going to have to power through it for a couple weeks, I think. I think so, too. That's, that's going to be one of those things where they're just going to have to deal with it and, and, and let's go. But, but you know what? At the end of the day, they will be good. <laughs> At the end of the day, no one, I don't think anyone is really saying that this is better than. No, I, I think it's just a, it's, it's a, it's. We're all happy they're winning. Like we said, though, it's a house of cards. It could come crumbling down on any minute and it, they need to start plugging their regulars back in there. That is the only way it doesn't come crumbling down is that you start bringing back, back guys who are able to prop up the house of cards. Right. And, and stop losing replacement players as well to injury. So uh, the next the injury question- bug has to stop. Bottom line. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I that's don't. It. But I, on the one hand, I say I, this team cannot take any more hits. But then they take more hits and they st- still keep going. So when is, when is the limit? Where's the end? It's coming. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> so this is a question we got from a few people with the outfield current situation. But David Williams at David A. Uh, I Williams on Twitter. What's the status of Estevan Florial? So I think some people were, are saying, "Hey, we need an outfielder. Florial, number one prospect. What's going on there?" He had the wrist issue again um, early in the season, early in spring training. He had the cast come off on April nineteenth. He's expected to start baseball activities any day. Um, but he remember he's never played above single A. I still, if he was healthy all through spring training, I still don't think they would have called him up. No, they wouldn't have called him up, but but he would have been probably on a faster track. Like I, he, so he was in single A last year. I mean, it would not have surprised me one bit if he had started off if he was healthy. He started off in double A, or, or you know, maybe I, even he missed so much a. of last year though. Like yeah, it. Did, but I'm saying like if he if he was healthy, I don't think he would have been in Tampa for very long. Like they were going to let him progress, and especially with all of these injuries, we we very well could have seen him um, at some point. You know, Cameron Mabin or Estevan Florial. From Double A, 
I mean, okay, honestly, but if you're just looking for a couple week fill in, I don't think the Yankees are going to risk Florial's development. And I don't think you're right, but that's the thing. You're not service time is the, is the issue. You're not, you're not risking development. I don't think because you're going to, he's going to be, he would be playing. Um, so he whether be playing, he's playing, but in he the would minor be leagues, playing against competition. He might not be ready for. Yeah. But I'm not so much concerned about that. More to me, more the, the stunting of your growth is when you come up and you're not playing like, like there's no reason for a guy to come up from triple a, uh, who's a young guy that's going to be a position player and play every day for him to come up and be a bench guy, because it's just, they're very different things. I don't want that. I'd rather him play every day, get, get, you know, the everyday reps in AAA, so that's like the situation, and it's it's, it's almost like a uh, like what happened with Eliza. Like he came up from Double A because they needed him. Like he was on the forty, and they needed him. And that's the other thing. Like you, you got to play games without forty at some point. Yeah, I think so, the service time and forty man is probably a bigger thing than development. Yeah, maybe I agree, and, and I think that if he were healthy, and all this is moot because he's not, and he wasn't. Um, but we we very well could have seen him, or at least would have been heard. We would have heard rumblings, I think, of him getting closer. Yeah. Uh, last question, Mark Sherman at Shark Merman on Twitter. If you could have a magic wand, if you could wave a magic wand and one member of the core four could be inserted into this team in his prime, who would it be and why? Core four, Jeter, Mariano, Pettit, Posada. Cannot say Bernie. He is excluded from the exclusive core four member club. That's a, that's a damn shame because Bernie Williams is a guy that I would love to have on this team right now. Bernie Williams really is use a guy an outfielder right about now. We could really use a uh, you know a center fielder who can hit, switch and hit, just lock it down. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm 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 bucking the trend of this bullshit core four name because that's the guy, a magic wand of a guy who who we're bringing in. It's the of the Fab Five, whatever the hell you want to call them. Because of that era, Bernie Williams is absolutely part of this this group, and Bernie Williams is definitely the guy. See, you're cheating. No, I'm not cheating. I'm 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 uh, what I'm doing is I'm making this I'm making this right because that's the way the question needed to be worded, and that's the way history needs to be worded. It Bernie Williams is part of this core. Pisses okay, well, so when we don't see him in there. Here's the thing. So you're you're drafting for need. I'm drafting talent, and I will take a, an in his prime Derek Jeter on this team right now. They okay, need fine. some infielders as well as outfielders. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> They're both very good players. Very good players. Can confirm. Good at baseball. <laughs> I, I, really not a bad answer in all of these. Maybe Posada is the one guy that we probably wouldn't, uh, you know, not a spot for Posada, I guess, on this team. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the, one, the position they need, need least, at least on paper, is relief pitching. Uh, yeah. But or catcher. Mariano. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, again, this is, just keeps rolling. It's fun to watch. Uh, a couple of quick games in Arizona before uh, coming back home. And against a, a team that you get to just punch up on, right? The Twins, that's just an easy punching bag. They always are. They're always somebody that we can just... A lot of former Yankees over there, you know? Are we going to see Pineda? I haven't even looked at the matchups yet. I have not looked yet either. We will talk about that next week. Any last words, Scott? Again, next man up. Buy the t-shirt. Keep it rolling. Let's all get behind these guys. Mike Ford for the win. All right, we'll talk to you Thursday. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.